it's just it's a different shift in terms of how we see ourselves, how we see other species, how we see ourselves in the planet. But yeah, I totally agree. And also, not only do we all come through these different doorways to it, a lot of people go in through the door of health, I'm sure, as you know. Some people come in through the door of environmentalism. Some come through animal rights. But also, most of us were not raised in any way that aligns with veganism. Welcome to the Plant-Based Curious Podcast, a place to explore and discover the plant-based and vegan lifestyle. Each week, we'll talk about our own stories and real discoveries alongside our experts and experienced guests about changing behaviors, whole food living, nutrition, and the amazing facts and positive curiosities about veganism. We're here for you as a guide and a place to gather resources. But with the simple click of our subscribe button, you're allowing yourself a little time and good energy to listen, laugh, and indulge in the lifestyle you may love. Please welcome your host, a certified holistic coach and plant-based lifestyle believer, Diane Randall. Welcome to another episode of the Plant-Based Curious Podcast. In this episode, we are thrilled to have Marla Rose, a vegan of 28 years, a world-renowned journalist, columnist, and event planner on the show. Marla is also the co-founder of veganstreet.com, a website that reaches millions of people each month, as well as veganstreetmedia.com, which is a communications company for vegan businesses, product lines, and nonprofits. Today's episode is about back to the basics veganism and how to make it easier and less expensive. Marla will be sharing her insights on ways to make a plant-based lifestyle more accessible, including tips for meal planning, budgeting, and grocery shopping. Welcome, Marla Rose. I met Marla many years ago in my initial journey to being a vegan. And I want to just let you guys know, Marla is a vegan, is a leader in the vegan community in Chicago. Aww. She really is responsible for a lot of the events and functions that happen in the beauty, in the vegan community. So I've always admired her for creating community for the plant-based and vegan community. So I just wanted to add that. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. That's very generous of you. But I would say, you know, community, as you know, you wouldn't be doing this podcast if you didn't believe in the importance of it, you know, in, in terms of integrating change and just basically expanding beyond our it, comfort zone, right? That's we right. Need we need community. And I would say in the early days when I didn't know what I know now, it was just comforting to know that I'm in a city and there's a community where I can be supported in being educated and understanding exactly w what veganism means. So I've really appreciated that. For sure. So Marla, can you talk about oh, you. what inspired you to adopt a vegan lifestyle and, and how has that journey been so far for you? Mm -hmm. Well, how the journey has been so far for me has been, I feel like it's the best decision I ever made in my life. Just the wisest, most, I mean, just, I've made lots <laughs> of bad decisions in my life. I've made, a, I've made a fair number of good ones too, but I mean, definitely count 
In addition to dating the nice guy who didn't play mind games and marrying him, I'd say veganism is (laughs) up there in terms of good decision making. (laughs) So I, yeah, there's not one thing I regret about it. I won't even say like, there are a lot of people who say I only regret that I didn't go vegan sooner. I won't even say that because I feel like everything happens when it's supposed to. I mean, you know what I mean? And and I had to learn everybody else. I mean, to regret what didn't happen. I mean, I think things come to us when we're ready is pointless when we're ready Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly and so i i am definitely of the same mindset i feel like it's been an enormous gift in my life and i think a lot of times when people meet vegans we feel they feel like we're so zealous so passionate and stuff and it's because we want people to experience the the joy and the it just is such an expansive thing. And I feel like it's given me so much that all I want to do is share with the world. And then, as you know, as you learn more about what happens to the animals, to our bodies, to the planet through eating animals, it makes it even more so that you just want to share and and educate and spread the gospel, so to speak, Mm -hmm. not to put it in religious terms. But so I went vegetarian when I was 50. I had been a meat eater every day, basically until the day that I stopped eating meat. And I was going on a school trip and Somewhere or not, somehow or another in the mid 1980s on the form, it said, check the box if you have any allergies or you have a special diet. And that, like, as you know, I'm sure those right. questions were not asked. <laughs> you know, like that. It was almost like divine intervention. And, and, and again, out of nowhere, seemingly, I just checked the box vegetarian. And I thought it's just kind of comical to look back at it now. But I remember at the time thinking in a t- typical teenage dramatic fashion, like, if I can make it through this weekend, I'll really have survived <laughs> something, you know? And, <laughs> and so I went vegetarian and I liked uh, just for that weekend. And I I figured in the back of my mind that as soon as Monday came around, I'd be back to quote, normal. <laughs> normal and, uh, eating, a traditional American just, standard. It, it, okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I mean, I think we all have connections. If food is such an emotional thing, for me, a lot is tied up with my grandmother and sort of eating the traditional foods with her was like a bonding experience. So like, was I losing that connection? If I stopped eating those foods and it turns out, no, but that's a long story. But the point is it just kind of stuck and it wasn't because I didn't like the taste of meat. I think for a lot of people who are curious about veganism, they think, well, I really like cheese. I really like meat. And so I could never do this. And so for me, it was really about it felt the best expression of who I was at the time was to be vegetarian because I felt kinship with other species and I didn't want to contribute to their harm. And at that time, there was very little known about the dairy industry mm-hmm. and the egg industry. So I thought that that was kind of mm-hmm. the, the end of the road. <laughs> and so I was vegetarian for 12 years until I learned more about those other industries and I went vegan. So that's like a very short. That is just so interesting (laughs) because one thing I'd like to point out Mm -hmm. to listeners, we all come into plant-based vegan lifestyle. We have different entry points. We have different things that inspire us, that allow us to move in a different way. So I just want to keep letting people know there is no one way 
to enter plant-based vegan because my experience was I was plant-based a few years before I was vegan or before I even understood what that meant. But I also feel that the veganism, and this is what I'm still learning, you have to have a deeper why, a deeper why. Mm-hmm. A deeper yeah, 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 why, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because That's definitely I can say, mm-hmm. and, and I said this last week, is I have no desire to eat another animal. Right. But that deeper why is my connection to the animals. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. We don't see them as food anymore. It's not right. Food <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It's not like every day we have to be like, oh, God, save right. me from, you know, <laughs> it's just it's a different shift in terms of how we see ourselves, how we see other species, how we see ourselves in the planet. But yeah, I totally agree. And also, not only do we all come through these different doorways to it, a lot of people go in through the the door of health, I'm sure, as you know, some people come in through the door of environmentalism, some come through animal rights. But also, most of us are not raised in any we're not raised in any way that aligns with veganism. And I think that a lot of times the mindset is, well, people who are vegan today, they were probably raised by health conscious parents or hippies or whatever. And I'm, I had the typical 1970s upbringing of quote unquote right. normal foods for the time. And so I also didn't grow up eating a ton of vegetables or anything like that. Um, like, like many of us. And I found that I, I enjoyed that. Like, like yeah, many of exactly. us. That was nothing. Exactly. It's nothing weird about that. The the fact that I think a lot of times it gets, I guess the idea of being vegan may feel so alien if you're not that you think that, well, you guys like your salads and you guys like your kale. I didn't grow up eating any of that, but because I went vegan when I did in the mid 1990s, there, there weren't a ton of options in Chicago is definitely easier than like Right. In the middle of Iowa or something. But you just kind of had to learn how to cook. You had to learn how to prepare foods and stuff like that if you wanted to eat. And I definitely did. And because you're vegan, it doesn't mean you have to love every vegetable. It doesn't mean you have to love every oh, spice. Yes, you know definitely. what I mean? You just kind of, and I think that, yeah. And so, or every ethnic cuisine, you know, I mean, we're all individuals and every individual can find a path. And, in and there, it's really about know? exploring. Exploring foods, exploring mm-hmm. what will work for you. It's just so much out there. So Definitely. Talk to us about mm-hmm. misconceptions of veganism and how do you address them? Because I know with your work, you're, you are out in the public all the time. Yeah. I think w- one of the most glaring misconceptions is that it's got to be expensive. And I think the thing is that any diet can be expensive or not expensive, depending on how you spend your money, of course, right? I mean, and a lot of times, as we know, some of the poorest, or I guess, I, you know, the least affluent cultures in the world are primarily plant-based because it, it tends to be less expensive. And healthcare is expensive. Like if you're not feeding your body nutritious foods, that can be expensive too. So I think when you, one of the things to think about when you're worried about it being expensive is like, what, how can you cut your costs? And the most basic level is just like, well, first of all, eating out a lot less, right? That's for anyone, no matter whether you're vegan or not. I mean, I know there are dollar menus here or there or whatever, but it still is not 
that is expensive when you think about your health, right? So you're kind of putting the costs, they're offloading that over there rather than in your specific diet. So what I think about a lot of times are the building blocks of meals is like beans, whole grains, vegetables that are in season. Those kinds of things are going to cost less. And then planning ahead a little bit, especially when you have children who are school age and still living at home, I think it's good a good idea to plan a menu mm-hmm. and not be so rigid to it that like, so say you go to Aldi and they have a great deal on organic broccoli, that you can have a little adaptability and say, well, I came in expecting to buy these things, but I'm going to s- switch because okay. there's such a good deal on this. So I think some of it applies back to what you were talking about before about being adaptive and open-minded and sort of a little flexible. I think that's a lot of times the main hindrance people find Mm -hmm. is inflexibility of like, well, I'm used to eating this way. I'm used to textures being this way. I'm used to cheese tasting like this. If you have a little bit more of an openness to it of just like saying, this vegan cheese is not better or worse. It's just different. It's not what I'm used to. And you kind of like, I think a lot of times just give yourself a little bit of a break with expecting everything to be seamless and exact. You know, you've got to have a little flexibility. And I think that that a lot of times contributes to a successful long-term vegan is just sort of having that flexibility. Another thing when you were talking is I think the education is key. So your Mm -hmm. communications company and your online presence as well as this podcast or any opportunities to share information is a way to teach people what it really is to be vegan and plant-based and understand the vegan philosophy and the way of being. It's not just, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think people think we're just trying to be special. But it's really an an education. (laughs) Well, we are dying as to what's going on (laughs) in the planet. It's to me, it's it's awareness, it's consciousness of really Uh what's going on on the planet. Right. Yeah, and I mean, like we don't have all this. I mean, I think that part of what makes us seem so pushy is honestly, if you look at the big picture of what is going on with our planet, we really have to start making some big changes soon. And like the, and it also doesn't take a long time for personal changes to ripple out and affect things in such a, like, as we saw with the early days of the pandemic, when people were driving less, it Instantly sure was. was I do clear. remember Instantly. that. Instantly. I mean, it just felt so fresh and so clean and it was such a delight. Imagine if we just really started reducing and reducing and reducing our consumption. How beneficial that would be. And, and you know, like the people of color are the ones who are affected most by these environmental mm-hmm. decisions that we make. Like when, when I... When someone goes out and gets fast food chicken, who are the people mm-hmm. living next to those factories? Who are the people who are living right. next to the pig factories with right. the waste lagoons right. that are being? Uh, so it's it's not the people who generally who are living who in the suburbs the money. That's making right. <laughs> those decisions. I, right, exactly. So I think it's like we have to think about it like that because we don't have a and, lot of time and, to fritter And we away, as you know? individuals living in the country, but I feel that. 
the there's always some money to be made by people who have a lot of money. So I I feel and I I can just see it now as I get older that that's where a lot of the work needs to be is is yeah. why would you yes, keep developing sure. communities and I'm talking about on in, right. in the west right. when you don't have enough water. I mean, why Right. It's like every house in Arizona has its own personal pool, even no matter how small it is, because they need it. For, but it's like, that's just such a waste of the pool, resources. It's even you know? even just um, the normal water right. to support a home. Right. That That's in jeopardy. Uh-huh. Right. Just like watering grass. Like, why are we doing this? You know, wastefulness. My, my point in know? saying that is, how will, Marla, how do you think others, I mean, we can talk about, we can try to get people through our communications method, but what about the people who are really making the money? Right. We have to withdraw our support. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think mm-hmm. it's like a twofold thing in that I hear a lot of times from the non-vegan world, well, don't blame me, blame these corporations that are polluting. Well, they're polluting to keep the cheap the meat cheap so that That's you true. keep buying it. And you, so we also have agency in this and that we, we need to acknowledge. And I think we just, we simply need to withdraw our support and people, we should know how it's not a point that we have to be perfect and totally self-sustaining and all of those things, but that we can withdraw our support from the, the greediest of the greedy and, and work our way out from there. You know, like it's all, it is yeah. on a spectrum, you know, it's like some of us have been vegan for a long time. Some of us have a backyard where we can grow a lot of our own produce and stuff like that. Some of us live in climates like ours where there's not a long growing period. So we have to grocery shop and stuff like that. But I think that I think that one of the key problems is people feeling disempowered, that nothing that they do really matters because there's these fat cats at the top who are controlling everything. And what does it matter? And you vegans aren't so perfect either. And, you know, all that stuff. And so it kind of gets into this feeling, I think, where people feel judged and mm-hmm. and also powerless. And so if the, the thing about going vegan is that it is so empowering that it's really important for people to be able to access that, that, that they understand that they have agency over this and it doesn't have to be black and white. I'm over, I, I, I was eating meat every day. Now I'm vegan. Like it, it can be moving. It, it's toward a process. That, it's know? an evolution. Um, yeah, it is. Very few of us back in the day, like, went oh, overnight. It was you years. Know? It was definitely years. Yeah. And yeah. It, For me, it, it was it like was, a 12 it was yeah. Over time. Mm. It was really over time. I tell mm-hmm. stories that when I became plant based, I wasn't even thinking about animals. You know what I mean? It wasn't in my, in my <laughs> psyche. Yeah, for sure. And there are a lot of people time, like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe I stepped back yeah. enough to see a bigger picture. And then yeah, I made that, sure. that connection. Sure. So people that are listening, right. I mean, what is the one thing they can do immediately to mm-hmm. raise their awareness so that they can be open mm-hmm. to more plant-based 
and veganism right. in a way that doesn't cost them money, that, because that's yeah. a big thing, right? People think it's sure. so expensive. Sure, for sure, for sure. I do think that it's it's a good idea to not, I think, you know, in the information age or whatever <laughs> age we're living in, I have no idea what it's called. It can be very overloading. It's like, well... If you want to go vegan, you really should have a, a high-speed blender, and you really should have an instant pot, and you really That's should true. have an air fryer, and you really you're, you're not true. living if you don't have this kind of thing dehydrate. So take it back to basics. Like so, for me, like a lot of times the the milk I make because I like like for a smoothie or something, it is oats and water and a date. It's not you know some big high tech thing. You know, there are people who have home milk machines, like where they put soy or almonds or whatever. And that's wonderful, but I haven't personally felt the need for it. Now, for me, having an Instant Pot was something that paid for itself. You know, like if you can make a a meal really quickly and deliciously, that cuts down on ordering out. And it is probably more nutritious and all of that. So kind of looking at that. I would say really honestly, it's, it sounds counterintuitive, but maybe don't do a ton of research. Maybe don't put out a lot of feelers because you'll get, you can be so overloading with opinions. <laughs> yes, you know I what do, I mean? Which is why it, it's looking <laughs> at the information. So let's say someone's listening, they're going to go out and buy an Instapot. What would they put in that pot? Give us some examples. <laughs> right. Because people just don't know. <laughs> exactly. Just well, okay. Know. So. Right. No. And I think that sometimes there is this like lack of largesse and understanding. And I don't know, there's just like such a, a mean spiritedness sometimes on in mm-hmm. online cultures of like mm-hmm. laughing at people. And I know there are a lot of people who have sort of reached out for support on different vegan community pages and felt laughed at or mocked or derided because they didn't know this term or that term. So I feel like maybe it's a better time to reach out to community when you have a better footing, when you have some familiarity to it. But I would like personally, I would start with maybe um, some YouTube videos or cookbook, go Mm -hmm. back old school Mm -hmm. style (laughs) too. There are so many wonderful vegan cookbooks out there now. You can go even to thrift stores and find them. And you can find a lot of stuff. Like I've had a lot of luck finding stuff in the box new on like Facebook Mm -hmm. marketplace, you know, in terms of like um, instant pots and air fryers and stuff like that. So, but so like, Read the manual, understand how the machine, like if you got an Instapot, understand how it works, look up a few sample recipes. Like one of the things I do a lot of times in Google is I look like, I use mm-hmm. the word best and I say like best vegan oh, okay. pad thai okay. recipe or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> and it, it seems to, and then I have my favorite places that I go and I, I look up, but I, I do think giving yourself a little understanding that you're learning something new and learning new things is is a process Mm -hmm. and it's you know can be humbling and we can and I think that's one of the things that draws people back from going vegan is they don't want to fail at it you know like I think we even if they're not really public about it they don't want personally to know that they failed at it you know talk about that emotional component when when it's the holidays Mm -hmm. for example and and we've all Mm -hmm. we've all experienced this it's the holidays, right. <laughs> and y- 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 you really don't want to 
feel like you're standing out because you're not going to eat the family meal. But at the same time, and, and I just talked to someone about this. This person said, I didn't want to stand out, nor did I want to make a big deal about Thanksgiving. So I just ate the meal at my family's yeah. house. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you say to someone that's faced with those type of things? I would, yeah, I think that's a really common it is. issue. And one of the things I say right away is that one of the best side benefits of going vegan that you don't even think about at the beginning is you learn that you don't need to please people as much as you fear you do. So I think going vegan it kind of gives you a little bit more of a, you know what? I'm doing this for me. If my aunt Phyllis wants to get angry because I'm not eating the turkey, I feel sad that she's angry, but that's on her. You know what I mean? And I think that like over time you, you develop better footing in, I like, I, for whatever reason, I've never felt all that uncomfortable with I'm vegan. These other people who I'm meeting with are not, <laughs> but like for, for a, um, a group meal, like especially with family and stuff, bring something delicious with enough portions for everyone and expect that they'll eat everything that you bring and you may not have a lot. Bring two things, two large things. Make that, you know, there are a lot of people who can get insulted by that too. They, they, your host may feel like you're shading them or that you're like implying that their food isn't healthy or good or any of those things. At the end of the day, you just have to be comfortable with yourself and just say, I'm doing this for me. If somebody's angry about it, 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 it takes you know? courage. What you it it really takes courage. It does. It but does. then it gets it really easier does. and easier, doesn't it, Diana? It, it, it Diana. Does. <laughs> you it know, does. I think it's just like, yeah. I mean, some of us still do care a lot about, I'm okay. a pleaser, you know, just innately. But at the same time, I know that this doesn't but, have anything to do with anything. And that's else. what's so beautiful me, you know? about the transition is you start thinking more about what's important to you. And, and you think less about who, who, you know, who you, who you need to please and what is, what are they going to think? think? Because it really helps your self-esteem and your courage to do something that Mm -hmm. everyone around you, I'll just say that, that your family's not doing and it ripples ripples out. So it, I think it's just being patient, just just not really judging yourself. And mm-hmm. so what if you went over and you right. ate meat because you felt uncomfortable? I always say that's your practice. So next time you go. Right. I kind of look at it like, right. I look at it like, especially at the beginning, it's not a non-issue now, of course, but like look at one meal and make it vegan and then look at the next meal and make it vegan. Don't look ahead. Like I think a lot of times people get really anxious when they look ahead. Well, what am I going to do when my grandma's visiting and she's going to want to go to that steakhouse or what do I do here? What do I do? Calm, <laughs> calm down. One, one, not even one day at a time, one meal at a time, just make it aligned with with your values and then on to the next meal. And then pretty soon you're going to get 
a really good footing with it. And I think that a lot of times in our culture, we're very all or nothing. And it's like, I think a lot of times people look at it the same way they do a diet, like say like somebody's on a calorie restriction diet or something and they, they, they cheated quote unquote on a Friday. So that weekend, well, that's, our, that's our conditioning, broken, right? gonna... that's our conditioning. So exactly. I always say exactly. we have to unlearn exactly. yes. everything that we've been taught. Yes. And unlearn it and exactly. then exactly. start, like you said, sure. with the yes. basics, yes. one meal at a yeah. time. Well, and one meal at a time. And another thing that I've found to be helpful, like if you're dining out with other people and you're the only vegan, obviously look at the menu ahead of time. If there's absolutely nothing that can be adapted for you, you know, you, you might have to to say something is just like, I would, I love your company. I'd love to, to dine out with this group. Unfortunately, I, I can't find anything on the menu. You could also call the restaurant ahead of time and see if they can accommodate you. But the one thing I've found is generally people are not hostile to that idea. They want, they don't want you sitting there drinking water. They want everyone to be able to enjoy a meal together. What I've found at restaurants is ordering first and just saying like, so like, like at an omni, a non-vegan restaurant, you, you could look at the menu and say, I'd love the stir fry, but instead of chicken with that, could I get beans or just, just something to replace that, like a protein to replace that that's plant-based? A lot of times you can work that out ahead of time. But like if you order first, I th- I've had that experience before where people hear my order and they're like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. really good. Yeah. You know, and they change yeah. theirs. So, <laughs> so, and that's the other side benefit of going vegan is it it's, teaches it you flexibility. It really teaches you right? flexibility. Like, and you appreciate yeah. the basics because it really is one meal at a time, yes. one Instapot at a time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being... Yes. Exactly. Right. Patient with yourself. It builds courage. It it opens your eyes to the world. Self compassion. Yeah. Wow. I need a show on set. Just self compassion. Exactly. That's a really right. (laughs) But it's like riding a bike, right? Like the beginning, especially, you're going to be wobbly and it takes a little while. But like, I think sometimes we have this idea that everyone's like staring at us and watching us and waiting for us to fail. And it's really not like all of us are. Nobody really cares. If you really want to know the truth. I mean, is that a worse feeling? Nobody cares. Exactly. Nobody cares. I can't confirm. How much people care. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. Exactly. So, yeah, they really don't. So I think a lot of times if you could just get that in your head, like, are you sitting there and judging and looking all like in, in very specific ways at people and how they're doing things wrong? No, you're just letting people live their lives. Right. And so generally, if somebody's doing that to you, they are probably someone you're, you know, stuck with in your family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like an ex- or just maybe someone you don't need in your life who's like waiting for you to fail. I think a lot of times when people bring that baggage to you about your veganism, they've got yeah. s- some inner conflict that they're projecting out. And, and that's and, not and if that is all, the case, you know? and, the, and some of that could be unconscious because they don't know. Marla, what would you right. say to someone that was mm-hmm. really experiencing that type of behavior? How, how could they 
take that next step because they're on the fence, mm-hmm. but they're, they're lashing out. So, so yeah. what would you tell yeah. that person in terms of taking a step to mm-hmm. figure out where that energy or anger or whatever you want to call it is coming from? Well, I mean, first of all, I would do a, a number of pretty simple things is, is one, I would try to find if I could find one vegan mentor or one kind of doesn't have to be an official mentorship. And I know that there are different organizations that offer vegan counseling, mentorship, and that sort of thing. I would find someone that you feel is in your corner on this so that you have someone to talk to about the issues that you're facing with this other person. I would probably also say, you know, to look at the whole relationship and say, is this only about my veganism or does this kind of filter out into all these other aspects? Are they being controlling and judgmental about this thing and that thing? Are are they maybe threatened because they feel like this is Mm -hmm. you moving away from them? Like, I mean, look at that. Look at it. And analytically, but also with compassion, like showing some grace. There are times like that we're stuck with someone, whether it's like a family member or a coworker who gives little jabs. I would just say like, put it in its appropriate place. This person, if, if they're coming at you with that kind of hostility, it's not about you. And just really getting clear on that, even if they make it very personal, yeah. which a lot of times they will. Oh, you're always flaking out. Oh, you're always trying something new and then high, dropping high it. Like that kind of <laughs> That's what. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're trying to get attention. You're doing, you know, people you've known for a long time, they may try to bring that kind of energy to. And this is where the courage comes in, correct? This is, this is the practice of focusing on what you want to know, what you want to learn and just being comfortable with that idea. Exactly. And, and just knowing that you're not, you're not making a choice that is hurting anyone. You're in fact, making the world a better place. You don't have to put that that's right. know, out there to the person, but know that you're not hurting anyone. Know that this is their own angst or fear right. of judgment or whatever, speaking, you know, lashing out at you. But also just notice your successes. Notice, you know, like, oh, I had three days without dairy at all, or it's been a week and I have not, and I've only eaten plant-based all week. Notice those things. I think we tend to like sort of diminish our own accomplishments, but especially at the beginning when you're, you're getting your your sea legs with it, you have to kind of be kind with yourself and also don't feel like, you know, find yourself some extra little Mm -hmm. treats, you know, like for myself, like, especially when you're making a big change, a lot of times people like lump in all these other jobs. Well, I'm going to sleep better and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to go vegan and I'm going to do this. And you know what I mean? Do one thing, get good at it. (laughs) But I, so I, like, I, I'm a firm believer in little treats here and there. Like, so every day I have two squares of dark chocolate and that, (laughs) it makes, you know, it's something to look forward to. Like I, we don't want to live a joyless existence. (laughs) If cho- if chocolate isn't your joy, then maybe it's uh, taking right. nice walks in the woods. Right. Maybe it's ice right. cream. Maybe it's that, whatever it is, like your little vegan things. We have to remember that it's not about a scarcity mindset and it's not about a sacrificing mindset. It's Good about point. abundance. So there may be people who will try to get in there and like mess with your head, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, but just 
let it slide off you. Just it's a great, like as you use the word practice, it's a practice. And so it, it's it's very good yeah. for our whole beings to be more in that and realm. And Marla, where you know? can people find you? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see. Um, veganstreet.com. We're on all the social media platforms and Vegan Street Media. We... We're going to have some big thing coming out soon, but it's too soon to announce, or it's too, it's not okay. announceable yet. <laughs> but yeah, I just like my emails, Marla at veganstreet.com. And something your, your listeners might be interested in is on veganstreet.com, we have a free resource called uh, oh. The Guide for New Vegans. It's got all these different chapters in it with all these resources and live links and stuff like that. So it takes you through all these different things that you may experience as a new vegan. I'll also resources like fun, I'm going to add your podcast to it, but like podcasts and recipe sites and all that stuff. So but yeah, if you go to veganstreet.com and scroll down the homepage, it's just the guide for new vegans. And like I said, it's free and it's fun and it's, it's ever, it's, it's an ongoing thing. We update that it when we so find awesome. new stuff to See, add to what a great it's, it's resource for people starting out on this journey. <laughs> Thank you. Marla, I, I really want to exactly. thank you for thank you. taking time to talk to us about the basics, yeah. letting us know that we don't have to spend, people, the listeners know that they don't have to spend a lot of money becoming vegan, that it is right. a process. Self-compassion and courage is really important in that transition. And especially knowing that there are resources, recipes, meal planning, mm -hmm. there's a lot of support out there. And you just gave us your site, <laughs> your site, which can really be a starting place for a lot of people. So I, I thank you for it's that. Got a lot of recipes. Oh, awesome! On there too. That is so awesome. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> You're doing such great stuff. Well, here. thank you. So, exciting. listeners, make sure to tune in to the episode to hear Marla's expert insights on making veganism more accessible. Also, be sure to check out uh, veganstreet.com and veganstreetmedia.com for more resources on vegan living. Thanks for listening to the Plant-Based Curious podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Marla, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Plant-Based Curious podcast. We really hope you've enjoyed our discoveries, experiences, and resources about the plant-based vegan lifestyle. Remember to click that subscribe button so you can join in on our future conversations. Until next time, allow yourself a little time and good energy.